never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Hi guys, welcome back to Neff Inspiration, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Today is a cool day because I've got Christoph Morrow with me. Christoph is a man, is a journalist, an author, uh, and a man who has reinvented himself over the years quite a bit. And he, you know, he has gone through a lot of shit earlier in his life. And then just so the gods thought, well, what what, what else can we throw at him? Maybe a new challenge, you know, sort of, you know, mm. I mean, it happens to me. It seems like every other, every other half a year, something new comes. And Christoph, you are not much different, but I mean, for crying out loud. So Christoph, first of all, welcome to my show. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate you bringing me on that's real kind of you uh, no absolutely and christoph you are uh for those of us uh, uh for those of mm -hmm. us who are on the video you can see the the behavior and the, the grimacing that uh christoph is doing when you're in the podcast you can't see that of course but christoph <laughs> there are some ticks and there are some changes there that we can observe and that is basically it i give the i, I let the, the rabbit out of the 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 well, I don't know what the saying is. <laughs> Let the rabbit out. Um, you have got Tourette syndrome. Um, mm -hmm. Christoph, what a bitch. Um, and <laughs> it's isn't it? See? Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, for crying out loud, if you can swear, I can swear. So I might as well mm -hmm. set the tone. Yeah. Here. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I, but, I welcome it. I, I yeah. Well, Christoph, is there, um, tell us, when did when was the first time that uh, you, you became aware that something is not right? Uh, with Tourette's? Uh, well, specifically with Tourette's, it wasn't until I was 26, and I had some idea um, when I went to a physician, and I uh, disclosed that I had experiencing, um, my, my stomach muscles would tighten, and I would make a grunting noise, and this would yeah. occur every day, several times a day, and it would happen when I would ruminate, uh, amongst the times when, I, 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 when nothing was happening, and I couldn't uh, still control it. Um, but it really, truly, uh, in retrospect, I realized that it first manifested when I was 19 and I was in the U S Navy. Mm. Uh, so then it actually ended up, uh, causing me to get like honorably discharged because of that. Uh, I was no longer deployable. I was a Navy corpsman, which is a medic. General. Bloody hell. And what was the first time, the very first sensation or the very first thing you remember? Um, when did these these uh, involuntary contractions of your tummy muscle, uh, when did they start? The 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 stomach uh, uh, muscles, that, the tightening of those didn't, those contractions didn't start until I was like 26, right? All right. Uh, okay. but, in the but in the military, um, I have uh, I've seen people uh, help me compare it to something akin to a seizure. They have uh, that that sort of uh, premonition that something yeah. is wrong, but you don't right. know what it is. Uh, it was exactly like that. It was no different. Um, uh, I I felt like something was wrong, and then I went to go be by myself because I didn't yeah. know what was going on, and that's when it sort of you know it suddenly uh -huh. started. Oh bloody hell! Um, now Tourette's is one of these things you you typically people make make fun of it and it sort of mm -hmm. is thrown in into the the kind of cliches. But what really is Tourette's? I mean, if you have you had to learn a lot about it, um, mm -hmm. how would you describe it to a friend? And how would you? I, yeah. 
Well, the, I would describe the sensation of uh, uh, the moment where you know that a tick is about to occur. It is exact. It feels exactly like uh, when you know something's about to fall off the counter and you catch it in the corner of your eye. Yeah. And you go ah, and you you have that split second where you can. Uh, your reflexes matter, <laughs> but uh, after a certain point, they, they don't, and uh, you end up uh, like I, I'm. I, I can't really use my right hand because uh, I can't grab things anymore because I've injured it because of Tourette's. Um, I I punched it on something, and this is every day I do this uh, several dozen times a day. But like, but uh, now that I've injured, I can't really do anything with it, and I have mm. to. You do everything one handed generally, so mm. it's quite frustrating. Uh, so it's not just so it's basically a compulsive behavior so it includes the facial muscles in your case so there's sort of mm -hmm. ticks and grimacing but there's also more uh, cross uh, motor movements so for mm -hmm. example you having feeling to punch something um when you say you punch something is that is that something out of frustration or no, is it actually totally voluntary that's what i thought that's exactly yes, that, yeah I lose agency completely. Uh, yeah. um, it's and I sort of uh, when I'm having a tick, it's kind of like I check out mentally. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on, and um, I'm at um, I'm at my brain, my deformed brain's uh, mercy. Um, and so um, it's essentially the brain's inability to regulate. Um, like in, you have the people have those intrusive thoughts that you can resist, and you can go. Oh, that's a, um, well, imagine if those came to life every time hmm. they came through your head, like you had a, t you would, you would think of something, something would happen and you would perform that action and you couldn't hmm. stop yourself. That's, that's hmm. I me. Mean, that's what it is. Right. It's very similar to that. Um, there's often this, this kind of uh, classic perception there that you would swear and curse and, hmm. and say inappropriate things. Um, is that actually true? Is that, does it hold true for you? It is. It, it actually, it actually is uh, true for me. The, the trouble is that, that um, like you said earlier, uh, ticks, uh, there, there is, it, they do manifest uh, symptomatically, like through the gross motor movements, like you said. The, the, those those change, though. They, they, they do like, a, so, for example, for a while, I had a tick where I was clenching my teeth. I had to go to the hospital because I was going to break my own teeth. Ouch. So I had to wear like a mouth guard. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a tick for about three days where I was stomping my foot and I almost had to like just sit in a wheelchair because I can't walk anymore because I can't. I was slamming. I was stomping my foot on the ground over and over again for, oh, you okay. know, I mean, you cannot do that. You just can't. You well, just can't. Um, and so um, it, it, it manifests in really destructive ways sometimes and in other ways are totally it's very benign. Hmm. Uh, wow. Um you said initially so you had the first inkling around about 19 um and but having said that you were able to actually go out there live your life fullest you had an honorable discharge you were a core man so in other words medicine was in your was in your blood already so then the logical step was to become an emt uh which was cool and then a dispatcher um so obviously there were times when the Tourette's was not yet uh was more sort of coming in in waves i guess mm -hmm. Yeah, Is, I, I, I go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I was about to say ladies first, but no, uh, kidding. Um, the the for me the question is it's it's quite an atypical uh manifestation of Tourette's, mm -hmm. isn't it? It's normally something that is come comes earlier on in life. Oh, um, absolutely. 
So then the logical next question for me as a doctor is, well, actually, hang on. Um, so what did my colleagues do with your brain? So they did probably an MRI to check out um, if there was anything uh, visible there. Was there any anything to be found? So um, the first, uh, I remember the first uh, sort of intervention that was attempted or, or at least examined, where they, they tried to do a blood, uh, a spinal tap. Yeah. To see if I had a brain infection, uh, that was in the Navy. Um, and I don't, I don't, I honestly, um, I don't think I've had an MRI or any kind of CAT scan or anything like that because my, my symptoms are quite evident, like you know, like you mm. said, like mm. there's, there's really, uh, um, and uh, I feel like you, you would know this better than I would, but it would, there would be other symptoms too that would. Hmm. Uh, if it, because uh, to Tourette's, uh, actually, I discovered that my cousin actually has it too. So, all right, uh, cool. Yeah, it is, you know, it is genetic. Uh, so, yeah. Hmm. As with everything, I mean, uh, and that applies now for for everything for life. Really, we have got a, a kind of genetic makeup uh, where we have got genes that are either switched on or switched off. Um, some of them are very dominant, so they break through regardless. But many, many others are just lying there. And then there is an epigenetic soup that is sort of flowing over these genes. And depending upon what you mix into that soup, um, you will get uh, manifestations of certain genes that are switched on and off. Mm. So therefore, I'm, I'm wondering, um, are there actually Actually, were there factors there that that led you to suddenly develop something like that? For example, in the Navy, mm -hmm. I can imagine that you're working with maybe not such nice materials and maybe some rather toxic uh, things. And you know, if you get deployed, why don't we give you about eighteen injections in each arm within twenty four hours? Um, was there anything yeah. like that happening? That maybe um, with hindsight, that there is a temporary link to that. I actually, I completely agree. Um, I think there's plenty of evidence to substantiate that too, because when I was in the Navy, um, I just, uh, I remember going a great uh, many hours, days, even without sleep. And I discovered actually much later, only two years ago or three years ago, that I have severe obstructive sleep apnea. Uh -huh. And my the doctor told me that I haven't, I didn't get any sleep. And he said that I never fell into a deep sleep the entire sleep study. Um, and and so I've just I, and my entire life people have told me that I snore like it's just it is it is not manageable around other people. Um, <laughs> I was famous I was famous for it most of my friends. So um, I've had this problem. So I've just never slept. I guess and I had uh, a, a great deal of I don't know if you know this, but in the U.S. military, not showing up to work or being late to work is a criminal thing. <laughs> you can be right. criminally. Like you go to jail for not showing. So it was very, <laughs> I was very anxiety inducing. Uh, right. Worrying about that, uh, along with all the other things that I've already mentioned. And yeah. yeah. And so I feel like a, I feel like those symptoms, or those, excuse me, uh, those uh, that those events, the confluence of, of things that mm -hmm. I did, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, other factors. Yeah. Yeah. So because I mean, and that's the typical thing, isn't it? Because that's so important that we actually look at that. So something has has occurred, and is now mm -hmm. uh, giving you quite a major challenge. And it's, it's clearly has impacted your career, you had to be uh, honorably discharged or medically discharged in this case. Um, mm -hmm. So it is, uh, it puts a spanner in the works for crying out loud. So therefore, of course, the very first thing you sort of want to think, well, A, is the diagnosis correct? B, what the hell is it all about? 
and learn more. And you did that. You became the master. You knew more. Well, hopefully, you know more about the disease than than the doctors that are treating you, um, because that puts Generally you. In, I do. Yeah, exactly. Because that puts you that puts you in the in the typical driver seat where I want my patients to be, where I want them to know, and then uh, compare the kind of textbook medical knowledge with what their body really does because textbook is textbook and reality is often a bit different so therefore i mean <laughs> now <laughs> touche so nowadays that the, the tourettes has become a, a constant a constant partner or in your life mm-hmm. um have you figured out that you can modify these these attacks that uh, or the frequency and severity of the spasms or of the behavior have you have you figured out ways that make it worse things that make it better there's actually a number of things um that i discovered um okay so uh i grew up uh wearing glasses uh-huh. uh one of my takes uh, is that i i hit myself and punch myself in the face i'm giving myself black eyes bloody lips yeah. i yeah. busted my nose all kinds of stuff and then i hit myself in the ear like you know like i punch you know really it's a lot of pain uh-huh. um and so um, now, I can't remember what I was going to say, actually, about... No, the, um, the factors that might improve it. Or oh, okay, so, so, right, right. So um, where, I wore glasses my entire life, and um, because of a lot of the abuse that I faced growing up, and because we lived in really serious abject poverty, losing my glasses or breaking my glasses, damaging them in any way was a really serious thing. Mm. Now, I, start, I realized that if I wear my glasses... I don't hit myself in the face. Interesting. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. It's strange, isn't it? When suddenly core beliefs are mm-hmm. so powerful that they can actually protect you. Wow. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. <laughs> I, I, I noticed it. I noticed it one day and I said, I, it's got to be, it's, and it's reliable. It's, it, and, um, and so, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. What's the the influence of your nutrition? Of uh, let's say you get your standard American diet, fifteen I don't know hot dogs, a few uh, a few hamburgers, and a lot of sugar with it. Um, does it make it worse? I don't know anything about the see in di- in terms of diet. Mm. Uh, I don't I don't notice any difference. Okay. Cool. Sleep. I mean, here you are with your obstructive sleep apnea, and to be. Typically, you think about obstructive sleep apnea that basically people do to big body weight that they're uh, obstructing mm-hmm. and 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 strangling themselves with their own fat, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which that is ninety percent of the patients, which is true. Is, you are not. True, yeah. You are not. You are not. You are. You know. <laughs> you're a good good build, uh, but you yeah. just have uh, <laughs> again something. Gen- yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. It really is. It really is. I mean, that's that, that is largely mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's. I can. I can tell because uh, you can t- i mean you can just tell yeah and but when you are you now in control of your obstructive sleep apnea oh i have, I have a cpap machine right. very nice so now you sleep you might sound like darth vader but you sleep um <laughs> and that's cool that's absolutely <laughs> fine uh, but the more important bit is has how how does a better sleep routine help you with the tourettes did you notice any differences there Oh man, it's critical. Mm. It's critical, Steve. And I tell you, I actually um, one of the uh, one of the things that I've discovered. Uh, it's con- it's consistent with my disposition on this already. I don't like to sleep. I don't like sleeping. I've never liked it. 
I find it to be like, I really, it's strange. I just don't, I just don't like it. I shoot, I sleep now about five or six hours a night. And that's, that's really all I, I cannot sleep more than that. I just can't. Talk about that, core is, beliefs. Look, if you have been dying a hundred times every night because you're suffocating um, with your sleep apnea, I'm not surprised that you've gotten that deep in there. You say, oh, shit, I so don't want to go. <laughs> I hope the night is not coming soon. Um, interesting. <laughs> interesting. See, there is so much that we can tease apart there. Mm -hmm. But I think that the reason that I go for this exercise with you is to actually to to show how complex um a a uh, a disposition like that or a a problem like that is that it is not a cliche that it is not um something that you just say ah yeah just come on pull yourself together man everybody um, goes through it yeah exactly yeah no 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 and it has a, a very sinister and a dark dark background oh, yeah. looking at your inju injuries looking at your mm -hmm. at those kind of things so that is where I wanted to 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 bring awareness out there that Tourette's is a very real thing. Uh, it's not a joke, and mm -hmm. uh, it yeah. is a huge challenge, as with many chronic diseases or chronic problems. But you are mm -hmm. you're slowly but surely mastering it. You're slowly but surely getting figuring out what works, what protects you, etc. It is. It's always. It's so strange too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so how does that work now? I mean, you are you're you have become an author. Um, your first mm -hmm. book uh, uh, sold for 1200 copies. Um, that is well <laughs> done, man. Well done. <laughs> what is that book about? Tell us. Well, um, I've always uh, I'm, I've always been very fond of literature. Uh, the first work of literature I remember reading was a separate piece by John Knowles. Hmm. Uh and I found it just very lovely. And I, I was, I didn't understand why I loved it so much, but I just found it, I just found it very profound. Um, and um, I explored that later on. And uh, um, as a, when I got into the Navy, I became a writer. Um, no, no, see, I lost my train of thought because I was trying to bridge two or three things at once. Um, <laughs> hey, that's, that's, my, that's my job normally. Okay? Yeah, <laughs> I lose straight up on. That's my fault. Yeah. No, no, no. As an author, uh, <laughs> that's cool. As an author, um, you are obviously, you're trying to, to write. I mean, the simple fact of writing. Um, mm -hmm. Do you write by hand or do you write computer? Oh, I write by computer. Yeah. I, I, um, I, read, I write entirely. Go ahead. Cool. No, no. For me, the, the question is, you know, how much does the Tourette's actually interfere with your flow of writing or a natural fact is the Tourette's maybe giving you um kind of writing blocks where you know okay I've got actually now two hours probably where it's unlikely I've got an attack can you time it this much and therefore it gives you an uh, no so it just comes as no, it it's comes so random it's chaos yeah. right ah okay 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 mm -hmm. um so how does it work I mean you're 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 developing yourself as an author as a journalist um yet you have got the Tourette's uh impacting on your life how do you manage that well it depends on where i am you know publicly uh it's it's much more difficult to manage emotionally because i'm around people that uh can offer me their judgment and their their you know their ignorance they can make it plain um but when i'm at when i'm at home i have it's a lot i'm a lot more reflective i think mm. Um, 
And it's because I realize, I think, my responsibility in this arrangement, and uh, I need to, uh, I need to impart to so many people what I go through so that they understand other people, mm. you know, so that their hands can remain clean, you know, of their ignorance, of other people's ignorance. I'd like that. Um, well, that's a beautiful way of putting that. I mean, how often do you get? I mean, you sh you would expect that there's a certain recognition of that being a real disease. Um, do you have you had not such nice encounters? Oh, it's almost invariably, uh, truly. Like uh, when I, I was working with the public uh, in customer service and things like that, mm. I was laughed at every day, every day, many times a day. Um, I've seen people, I've seen kids record me like from their phones, like, oh, like, cause they see me off. having tics and, um, I've seen, uh, I've just, I mean, I mean, honestly, there's just, I mean, so many situations that are not advantageous to somebody with Tourette's, uh, I, I can, I can name as it, even places that it's quite deadly. Um, back in a couple hundred years ago, having Tourette's was a death sentence. You can get, you would get killed for that because it, you, people thought you were possessed by a demon or something. Yeah. Um, and nowadays it's a little different. It's mm. if you get pulled over by the police in the United States and you have a tick in front of the cop who is like, these people are, I, they, they are famous. They have a reputation for, you know, like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't need yeah. to expand on that. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> so they think automatically, oh, he's on drugs. Okay. Or withdrawing yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or they, they think I'm a threat because they, I'm, I'm making sudden movements. I'm going to startle I them. See. And I they're see. going to, they, they might kill me because they think that I'm doing something to hurt them. Exactly. I, I was sitting at a restaurant at a, I was with a friend the other day and in America, in Denver, Colorado, four feet from me. On across the aisle was a guy and he was he had a gun at his hip and he's just eating breakfast and I'm thinking if I startle this guy am I going to be like that girl that 20 year old that tried to pull into a driveway to turn around Correct. Yeah. and some old man's going to shoot me you know and go oops say well, love you uh, yeah absolutely I, I did not take that into consideration that there is actually a very real threat potentially to your life Bloody yeah. hell. Um, so no uh, firearms here uh, in New Zealand. I'm, I'm, um, mm -hmm. they, are, they are far more uh, legislated controlled. and controlled. Yeah. Um, so I think that is actually a positive, uh, a positive what, did, thing. Did, did New Zealand do that after after Australia's 1997, the shooting? Seven? Yeah, the, the, the Tasmania shooting um, certainly led to a lot of soul searching in Australia. Um, in New Zealand, uh, certainly uh, to the same degree. But no, for us, it was the, the Christchurch mosque shooting um, that really oh changed changed a lot there. Um, so, yeah, yeah. No, so a lot of things actually uh, changed there because it is a beautiful sport. Uh, and it, there is, there is uh, when it comes to firearms here, there was never really the, the connotation of self-defense. Uh, we, yeah. we are just, you know, we are far more interested in rugby and, 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 and. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You guys don't have predators. You don't have predators either in New Zealand. No, no, that's right. No. Well, the the biggest predator is your own stupidity uh, when it comes to living <laughs> here. Okay, so yes, that can kill you quite easily, but that's there's nothing nothing nasty there. So yes, so it's a different story. Bloody hell! So Tourette's. Um, do you have a, a little sign on on the car window? Um, careful, I've got Tourette's, or uh, please don't shoot me. <laughs> it reminds me of the movie you've seen. I'm sure you've seen Joaquin Phoenix's Joker when he's in Joker. And yeah, yeah, he plays Joker. He has Tourette's. In that movie, that's Tourette's. 
And um, ah. yeah. And um, and so I've thought about um, having something like that because it can be so frustrating to tell people mm. I have Tourette's and and they think it's a South Park joke. I'm making a joke. Oh, I have Tourette's too. In fact, I remember I remember I had a, I told a woman that I had Tourette's, and I again at this at this point I had never met anybody else with Tourette's, so I was totally I was I was totally alone in this condition and oh. I, I felt alone. And um, this woman I didn't know. It was a it was a it was a friend of a friend. And I said hello. I and, and I said oh I'm sorry I have Tourette's. And she goes oh I have Tourette's too. And I said oh my god really uh, tell me about it tell me about it. She goes oh no I was just kidding. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> and I was what it, I was like and I told her I, I said straight I was like I was very direct I was like that's not funny. That's like it's just, I mean it's not even it's it's not funny anyway. Like even if it's separate like <laughs> if you emancipate it from of course social the social faux pas you still it's not it's not funny it's stupid <laughs> oh my god can you get the other foot in your mouth as well <laughs> yeah. oh my oh my okay well since then have you actually gone out to find other uh Tourette sufferers is there a club of Tourette sufferers, uh, so to speak? Because you are, it must be such a socially isolating um, disease if you let it uh, do that. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It can make you rather uh, misanthropic hmm. really quickly. You don't, you just, uh, you, you don't, uh, you start to lose your affection for strangers. Um, and uh -huh. uh, uh, I just, um, I've just tried, uh, to honestly i don't have a i don't have an effective strategy really for dealing oh. with um because it's just so it's it's it is it is uh, I, I would i would argue that people are a lot more mindful even now than they were a couple of years ago hmm. uh covid was really i think changed a lot of people's understanding of like what was going on with others there people became more attentive i think oh nice and, and i think it was i'm I think it was born from paranoia, of course, yeah. you know, because yeah. it's COVID, right? But it's still inspired. I think some good, generated some good right? in that sense. Oh, that's interesting to hear that because there was there uh, certainly amongst um, handicapped people, there was sometimes the concern that my God, uh, it's on on. Uh, on the internet, you you never see any anyone handicapped. Everyone has filters on. Everyone is always their best. And then when when people open the door again, and oh my God, they, they, there is no filter. Oh my God, there is actually something wrong with your leg or with your face or whatever it is. Um, so there was actually mm -hmm. quite some real concerns there. So it's at least lovely to hear that you perceived a bit of a change to the better. Um, and that's yeah. that's nice. That's nice to hear. Restraint. I think I see restraint mostly. Nice. Yeah. How about respect? How about uh, decency? How about those kind of things that you really would like to see? If if some of us it was to film me, I would love to take the the bloody phone and ram it where the sun doesn't shine. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you get angry? Do you get angry when you see that? Um. The thing is, I've I've tried. Uh, you you can't really. Bitterness in that sense uh, is so, especially for someone with Tourette's, you're going to be dealing with this every day, maybe several times a day, half a dozen, maybe a dozen times a day. So you might have really unpleasant interactions with people um, and you have to be married uh, to the, the notion of forgiveness and 
and realizing that whatever anger uh, you're experiencing is um, is a product of like your ignorance about their situation mm-hmm. in the same sense. So like you are only you're just projecting what would be like your own deficiency for another condition onto them and like not giving them any kind of mm-hmm. um, because a lot of people laugh and things like that because they're nervous. They don't mm-hmm. know what else exactly. to do. Touche. It's not Touché. malicious. Yep. Oh, that's lovely that you can actually reframe it this way. And actually, I believe you're right. And, uh, it is uh, people have their own insecurities. My goodness. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me anyone who is happy in their own skin. And then suddenly they are pushed a bit beyond their boundaries further. And, and you know, weird behavior comes out. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you were able to change something for other sufferers or what would you tell other sufferers from Tourette's um, who maybe only have now come out let's say let's say uh, maybe an earlier onset a teenager who has just started to develop that and they might they might watch here and, and might be shit scared of, of what is what is happening to them what would you tell that teenager Um, I'm not sure I'd want to say anything at first. I just want to hug him because it's going. Hmm. It's hard. Um, it's it's just because it it's your your brain is deformed. It's never going to be repaired. Hmm. The only there there is no medication that treats on label hmm. uh, that treats Tourette's. Not one that exists. There's not one, and the only uh treatment that is um federally is fda approved is uh deep brain stimulation which i'm sure you're familiar with and so um and that is comes with its own i mean so many risks i mean oh my god you're drilling a hole in your school and you're gonna stick a rot in your brain <laughs> like way deep into your brain so like you know if that's not an instrument of uh yeah so <laughs> you're right for some for some people it is a a huge relief and and it's beautiful that mm-hmm. in some some parts of the world that can be offered but number number one it's for sure not uh mainline mm-hmm. therapy uh standard yeah let's do that with everyone and as you quite rightly say uh all these these things come with a price um well, a a real price, um, and if you're in a in a country where you have to pay for your own healthcare, well, that's that's uh, forget about that. Um, but more importantly, yeah, I wouldn't be alive without Canada's healthcare. Wow, and that's so yeah. lovely that you say that that you actually um, that you have outlined in the, in the preamble before we sort of started recording that you you shared your gratitude um, with the Canadian government and the Canadian system um, that uh, that allows you now to pursue still your your passion of writing, mm-hmm. your passion of sharing your story. And therefore making the life better for for other people out there who have got similar challenges to face. It reminds me of something, what you just said, it reminds me of, uh, which is something that I share with John Steinbeck. John Steinbeck's philosophy, who wrote, of course, you probably know, but the Grapes of Wrath, East of Eden, he said that his whole mission as a writer is to help people understand one another. And that's how, that's exactly how I feel. I share that completely. It's my whole life and, and, and my work is further reflects that because I don't, I don't try to, uh, I don't design my work to uh, 
to feel later to make you feel limited. Like it's supposed to make you feel like you are using every part of your brain to understand this. And you you write for the fifth time someone reads your work is what I say. And, and because you, they will always have that information. So they will have time to understand it. So you write it in a way that respects them uh -huh. and respects their intellect and respects human intellect at large is celebrate it, truly celebrate it and write like you mean to do that. Oh, that's what a beautiful way of describing the writing process. Uh, I have never looked at it from that angle. Um, it is a, a very powerful thing. Um, how long did it take you to create your first book, to write your first book? Well, the first draft was 162,000-something words. Um, that's, and a half. <laughs> that's some decent words, man. <laughs> it, it took me two and a half months to do that. And okay. uh, it took... It took me more than a year to do the rewrite, uh, which... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think that anybody that's doing it right, that's the way it has to go because uh, you're not going to get it right the first time. Oh, exactly. Uh, and you're, yeah, and, you're, and your understanding is going to, <laughs> is going to grow, uh, evolve, and, and, and in your work, in the, whatever you write needs to reflect that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is beautiful. So it is. Uh, and I have felt like that. I was challenged. Uh, someone told me, why don't you write a book about about your, your journey? And I thought, me, a book? Nah. And then I thought, actually, hmm. hmm. And I started writing and I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. It just kept pouring out. Um, and this is, do you do you feel that same compulsion as an author to to sometimes just ah, uh, sometimes you don't know I, what to I, what to. It's how I feel. If a number, a number of things that I, I use to describe my work is how I feel about my work is greatness is the birthright of obsession. And that's how I, that's how I feel. That's what that, that's something that I wrote. That's why, that's why I live by. Cause I, I, as a writer, that's, um, it is, uh, it truly is an obsession. I, I, I do other things to stop working. Uh -huh. it's, it, Cause I love, I, I, Hemingway said, um, he said a number of really lovely things, but, um, one of the things, that uh, he said is that every time that he sees a word, It's like he's seeing it for the first time, and I know what he means by that. And I would, yeah. I will, I'll explain it for the people that are listening. But um, imagine a a woman who is a welder, and she has a welding business, okay? And she has a shop, she has a workshop, she has a house, she has a land where she does all this stuff, right? Yeah. And then she has a daughter, and then a granddaughter. A granddaughter looks exactly like her, right? Is the is wants to do the same job, live, live in the same house. Uh, and doing all everything else just in, in perfect likeness to her grandmother, but she's still different. Mm -hmm. Even though they are fundamentally in every conceivable way the same, they're still different. And that's how I feel about words. Every single time I use a word within a, a new sense, within a new structure, it has to, it, it becomes something new every time. Beautiful. And of course, that is the that is that um, the power of generation of creating something. It is a very mm -hmm. creative process, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It can be a very frustrating process. <laughs> no two ways around it. <laughs> um, but um, so, is that what you want to do? Is that what you want to keep doing? As in, for the rest in, of my life, I couldn't oh, do wow. anything else. 
I couldn't do anything else. Writing means more to me. Um, I when I tell people about it, I say I I love writing more than the sum of my love for all other things. Mm. And uh, because um because it just it feels perfect. It feels like language. Words are the only thing that I think we've ever done that is truly virtuous. The only thing we've humans have ever invented that uh, reflects an actual, a perfect goodness, which is we want to be understood and we want to understand other people. And that is, you can't, there is no greater, I don't know, for me, there's nothing greater to look for. Which is beautiful. You could, of course, say that you've had a lot of challenges in your youth. Were you always escaping into stories? Was that a way of you um, you being able to just remove yourself from your environment? You know, the thing about writing, um, it, like with anything, with history, history, it, I'm sure you're a student of history. Whenever you are looking into history, history becomes a lot more um, exciting uh, and engaging when you start to know how events are connected. Mm. Writing is so much the same. Intent, in, in, if if you have if you're a kid of a certain aptitude or intellect, or whatever it is, you need to be sufficiently challenged. So you, but you can't if you don't have the evidence or the substance of experience to inform what you want to say. You won't be able to make profound connections that engage even you, that inspire even you. Yeah. So that's what you need to look for. So writers, um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's just beautiful. You have got certainly a way with words, brother. I mean, this is this is uh, a very, very powerful um, gift that you have got there. Um and here you are. I mean, if, if you, I can see you going out there and writing so much more, no, no two ways around it. Which direction do you want to take? Is that is the, the education about Tourette's and the education of, uh, with regards to the need for transformation and the, the opportunity of transformation? Um, is that something that you want to go down the route? Or um, how do you see who is, who is the Christoph in a year's time or in two years' time? I think the most beautiful, the most romantic thing, um, other than language, is storytelling. Uh, and so, um, because storytelling is meant is so much, but it is it's the it is desperate. It is a des- it is a cry for us to remember something worth remembering, mm. because so a great great it came at great cost. That understanding came at great cost, and so we like we we lie and and we we, we hyperbole and and exaggerate because we want so badly for us to be able to defend ourselves against fascists (laughs) and any other system that that is born from the decay of institution of of, of trust and um and decency and civility and that is meaning that you want to write more story arcs Uh, that are bringing that home and that are that you're that you can actually share this passion I use epic fantasy um, as a vehicle to do that um, because I feel number one, Game of Thrones really um, opened that up. It really 
gave a lot of uh, if you if you have the chops and you can and you can write a story worth looking into and you write and you create characters worth getting to know yeah um then you can do something extraordinary because epic fantasy isn't so limited it's it mm. can be inspiring of course and it can it, it can be an escape and also but simultaneously it is it's a very funny it's a trojan horse kind of situation because it can you can learn a great deal from it but without even realizing everybody knows about the perseverance of Samwise Gamgee and Frodo mm -hmm. Baggins like these guys them everyone knows about the fact that it doesn't matter the size of your hero and, you know it, it, it there's so much more um to our our valor than that and the, Tolkien revealed that in so many ways uh uh, but in but in terms of like actual literature, I I I value. I wanted to uh, marry the style of Dickens, who I felt is a is a much better study of human nature yeah. and his poetry. I feel like his poetry is much better as a, just as a writer. His prose is obviously obviously so is much better. Um, but 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 of course, Tolkien is a much more charming storyteller, and so and I I wanted to marry those two things because I want. I just. Um, I just I felt like uh, epic fantasy uh, is just so useful uh, for getting everyone involved. Mm. Everyone can everyone can dream. No, that's true. But then again, if you actually take Tolkien as an example, his writing was very much influenced by the First World War and the the, the mm -hmm. nasty business that he had to vis uh, witness oh, yeah. on the on the front. Oh, yeah. um, so therefore, again, here is a man who used writing as a very powerful tool to bring across. Uh, lessons that he had seen that he had witnessed and mm -hmm. uh, put them into stories about good and evil, ultimately, um, and it's beautiful. Uh, it is uh, a classic example where where um, darkness created light in the mm -hmm. sense of the darkness that he witnessed led to these beautiful books that he wrote. Mm -hmm. And I He's guess... Also funny, he also describes dark, darkness as a kind of evil as impotent in a sense when the fact that Frodo Baggins or Bilbo Baggins in The Hobbit is so sort of eccentric and kind of just silly i think is meant to is, is meant to i i don't know i just really treasure that too isn't it <laughs> but but here you are um basically um having having tasted the the bitterness and tasted the, the frustration and the darkness and uh but here you are you're starting to create um different worlds worlds that and and messages that come through through your heroes um and this is i can see i can see how you will grow and how you will develop a a, a fellowship <laughs> not of the ring but a, yeah, a fellowship yeah. of people who who will follow you uh, and mm. who wants to know more about your books? That's very oh, kind wow. of you. oh, absolutely! <laughs> and that's it's it's beautiful. You have got a beautiful way with words uh, that I'm I can only be jealous and envious for um, because I I as a as a uh, as a German speaking English inevitably inevitably yeah. you have got some <laughs> some ketchup. Oh God, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so therefore, I have to say, okay, I'll have to leave yeah, that to, to people like you. Oh, that's right. Correct. Correct. You can, you, you know, it is what it is. You 
you're an amazing man. Uh, Christopher, you're an amazing man. Um, thank, thank you so much for, for going out there and sharing your story, um, for demystifying uh, Tourette's, for for going out there to, to open up honestly about it and uh, allowing others to see the truth and to expand their horizon and maybe in turn avoid making a fool out of them and making other Tourette's sufferer feel bad. Um, so no, wow, that took that takes a lot, man. And I take my hat off uh, here. Well done. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you for trying to make this world a better place. Definitely. Look, if when if people want to know more about your books and more about you, where can they find you? Well, if you if you if you Google um, Christoph Morrow, that's that, that's a very reliable way of finding every kind of social media I have. I'm going. Uh, I went viral on TikTok in June, so I have about five thousand followers there ish, uh-huh. um, and I post some stuff there. A lot of the stuff I, I but um, uh, so if you go to Amazon and yeah. uh, and and any other um, bookstore front, you can you can put in my book, The Second Son, or put in my name, Christoph Marr, and, and that's uh, that's how you'll find. It. Beautiful. <laughs> Guys, look down there into the description of the YouTube video and of the podcast because we've got all of Christoph's links uh, down there. Christoph is quite unique spelling, K-R-I-S-T-O-F. Um, so it's actually, there are not too many too many spellings I've seen like that. So it's actually quite easy for you to be found. And that's actually really beautiful, isn't it? So there was... I, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I picked the name. I, I just, I made it up, uh, you know, like, yeah, I made it up for my, for this, but it is my, it is my name now. I have adopted it as my, yeah. my name excellent excellent oh wonderful christoph thank you so much for being a guest on my show thank you for for your amazing and inspiring journey man uh i can't wait to see how you're developing how you're growing as an author and how you will make this world a better place because that's that's your destiny man um there is no doubt about that (laughs) cool thank you well you have a great day and uh yeah Absolutely. Stay in New Zealand for me. <laughs> <laughs> we shall. We shall. Everybody Let's... on the same highway too. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I okay. A... Yeah, I do. I have a friend that lives on in New Zealand on State Highway too. I do. Yeah, this is a small world. That's the fact, yeah. isn't it? Cool. Yeah, right. And you Good look night. after yourself, and you guys out there live with passion, and don't let anything stop you. Bye. Well, I'm just following your example. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> I never give up. I never give up, I never give up, turn around.